We've certainly got a lot to cover today. Of course, we're going to discuss a little bit of the UConn game. Yes, they're number eight in the country and undefeated. And yes, we did put up a valiant effort. But what ultimately was the, the reason we didn't get it done? We've got some baseball news. We've got some recruiting news. And of course, J.C. Hoyt and women's basketball team have a game coming up and more. Come on. Let's go. You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by yet again and making this your very first listen available on all of your podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. My name is Cody Stovall. I'm going to be the host as we jump into all of this state news. Today, we're partially brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net, your number one source for betting, sports info, stats, news, and analysis. Okay, so, yeah, man, the, the, the UConn basketball game. I have never once got on here and, and had a, a big to-do about officiating, right? In any sport thus far. But this one, this one was a little off-kilter. Right, right. You never really want to go with the home cooking type of thing, especially when it's um, a yearly uh, event, right? Big 12 versus Big East battle. But goodness me, I think we had what 12, 13 penalties or fouls, sorry, in the first half alone. When we had like 11 fouls with six minutes to go. Now we did have some players that that had decent games. The Twin Towers. They were in too much foul trouble to be super effective, especially not together, which obviously hurt. It was the fouls. And then the, and then the fouls. It was just, it was crazy. Now, bright side. We still have yet to put on a full 40 minutes of basketball. And we proved that even with that not being the case, that we've still got the talent to rock and roll with darn near anybody in the country because, yes, UConn is legitimate. Yes, they probably will rock and control the entirety of the Big East this year. But it puts us in a good position to realize that every single team besides us has been getting votes to be ranked in the top 25 in the Big 12. So again, you know, we, we've we've kind of talked before about the Big 12 does control the sport of basketball in college at the moment. And this game is going to get us prepared. So as we come back home for the next game against Sam Houston, guys, we got to show up against Bearcats, of course. We, we've covered that, right? What did we kind of uh, allude to last time that we talked about the, going into the game was if, you know, we we played well, then we need to show up to Galgraba. If we hung up and made it very, very, very close, we definitely need to, to get in Galgraba. And if we won, we sure as all get out. Had no excuse not to sell out all 13,000-plus seats. 
Well, I think we did in between the one and three, right? It leaves you two. We played pretty daggone well, given the circumstances, right? When you have that many fouls against that many dudes, and it takes away not only the game plan, right? Because you can't game plan for that many fouls. You can have contingency plans, which clearly we did. The execution was there at times. The execution fell off at times. Living uh, living up to the uniforms we were wearing, which were awesome. I love those those throwbacks, right? The Bryant Reeves, Randy Rutherford Day-style throwback uniforms. I dig them. And, you know, I'd say we repped them all right. But we proved, even when circumstances aren't necessarily the greatest, that we have the ability and capability to, again, hang with anybody. As Mike Boynton said, they are a championship caliber team. They're a final four run type of team. They remind you a lot of Gonzaga last year, to be honest, right? Let's just call a spade a spade. They're that good. It is what it is. And you know what? We're all right with it. We're going to survive. So as we, you know, look into the Sam Houston game, they're a very, very good squad, uh, six and one. They just lost a pretty tight one to Nevada, who's seven and one. So Nevada basketball, uh, that, that could be somebody to, to look out for um, as they, they come up, as, as well as Sam Houston. But OU won a tournament. Iowa State made it to the championship of their tournament. Texas is still cruising. KU obviously is going to continue to rock and roll through the entirety of the season like they always do. It's a deep league. Texas Tech, guys, it's just it's, it's a juggernaut of a league. And this is a game that helped us get prepared for that, thankfully. So we got to look at the bright sides there, right? Uh, Caleb Boone, pretty good game, brother. Pretty good game. Dropping 15. And yeah, he, he had a few that he, um, he probably should have made as well. So you see the, the benefits. You could see when Musa Cisse wasn't on the floor how much of an effect it did in fact have. But again, foul trouble, it, it doesn't heal all wounds. It, it opens all wounds. Bryce Thompson looked looked pretty decent, right? Avery Anderson looked very, very good at times. It was good to see Caleb Asbury start to find his stroke from behind the arc because we're going to need that, clearly. John Michael Wright did a pretty decent job controlling the show. Uh, Avery had his hands very, very active, especially in the steals department and just causing problems. Their pick-and-roll game is pretty good, and when you got big guys like that, it's hard to stop. And then when you have somebody like um, you know, the sophomore Hawkins, who was a top number 63 player in, in America, maybe number 64, right? He lived up to that billing, and he drops uh, 26 on us. It's just, you know, Sonogo, their projected Big East player of the year, he puts 20 on us. But we didn't play bad. Chris Harris was moving around quite a bit. And, guys, we still don't have Woody Newton back. Woody Newton just returned the other day uh, from his, his family emergency situation that he had to go back home for. And would we have necessarily won, per se, with Woody Newton on the court? No, not necessarily. But not having a true, true stretch four, it, it does kind of hinder some of the, the abilities that we have offensively. And that's where we kind of struggled the most, other than, yet again, the fouls. We did a very good job in the second half of making little runs, right? And when we make these runs, 
we just we just didn't quite seize the opportunity. But what what we were doing was being aggressive. We were driving. We were forcing fouls to be called on the other side of the the equation, on the other side of the court, because definitely, definitely, for most of the game, the calls did not go our way. It was not siding uh, with us for a decent amount of time. So we had to overcome it. We looked pretty good in doing so. So, we, again, let's show up. Let's show out. Let's get ready for these dudes. Let's see what a, a you know, 11,000, 12,000, 10,000 Gallagher can do for the confidence and, you know, the give a hoot that they want to show up and show up for y'all if you're willing to do the same thing. Let's just see what it does. Right? You never know. Talent is here. Talent is here. Right? That's something we had to say in football. We get to say in basketball. We're going to get this ship turned around. We're just too good not to. And a good recruiting class coming in. So there's some of that fun jazz. And then before we hop into a little bit more, uh, of course, you know, I got to go a little bit deeper into Bet Online. Guys, get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball, soccer to esports, we've got you covered at betonline.net. And guess what? If you love podcasts, got you covered there too at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and the easiest way for you to get your betting fix. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And here at Locked On Oklahoma State, again, we're just pointing you in the right direction. Speaking of being pointed in the right direction, there was a lot of uh, fear right at one point in time for the recruiting and why it was such a light class at 10, 11 commits. Well, now, you know, you're not, you're not seeing Oklahoma state hit the massive transfer portal market. Like you are a lot of other uh, universities or kids from universities. Now, when the fifth comes, obviously it is what it is. And you're going to have some math is just part of the equation nowadays and the transfer and recruiting market. So there's going to be some hands to be dealt, of course, all the way around. But it's it's kind of nice not to see a bunch of dudes bailing at all. As a matter of fact, none is even more fun. That cowboy culture, maybe that's the, the, this, the revamping of that. We're seeing it right now. Again, are we going to lose a few? Absolutely. It's the nature of the beast now. But if we're not losing a bunch of dudes at this very moment, we might. We might not only come out of here unscathed, but, you know, of course, everybody probably knows by now, we offered the 6'6", 351-pound Joshua Braun from Florida. And Braun is obviously uh, somebody that everybody's after. Basically, you bring him in, and if you can get him to kind of gain some of the athleticism and change into that big muscle mass, kind of like you saw a lot out of ETN. And, you know, ETN's not even done. ETN's got a long way to go. He'll tell you that. But you see, we got some cooking there. So that'll be a good one. We recently had a couple Ivy Leaguers visiting Dartmouth, defensive end, standing at 6'3", 295. He's somebody that we need to pay attention to, right? Guys, give a look to Shane Cooks. Could be somebody to help fill a gap. Right. And, and then we look a little bit deeper and we got to go with uh, another potential O-lineman, uh, 6'5", 290 out of Yale. And this big fella by the name of Nick Gargiulo, 
could be again somebody that factors into some help at that that offensive line spot that we've had we've had issues with clearly right and then you've probably heard recently that looks like uh quarterback coach Tim Rattay took a visit up to Grantland, Nebraska obviously not only to check out Zane Flores four star um that's coming into Oklahoma State and it's going to be somebody that pushes not only Gunnar Gundy but obviously Garrett Garrett Rangel for sure and then while we're there, maybe take a peek at a 205-pound, six-foot-five-pound wide receiver. If you can get somebody like that from a Lincoln East, right? Malachi Coleman just he came in from Nebraska the other day. Does it not seem like, again, as we talked about yesterday with Tatum Bell, if you're looking to play wide receiver, Oklahoma State University needs to be on your list somewhere, on your short list, because we do put dudes in the NFL. And the production and the depth, it, it makes everything just all that much more enjoyable. Does it not? Like, you got to love it. Things aren't all bad, right? You've seen a lot, a lot, a lot of dudes in the transfer portal right now. A lot of dudes, and you're not seeing a lot of them in orange and black, but you are starting to see come some more and more and more that have Oklahoma State in their top 10, top 8, top 5 of this transfer market and some of the recruiting cycles as well. So we're trying to attack this on all fronts. We're trying to fill these spots, and it's amazing that we're able to do it like this a little bit later on. I don't know, not have these big classes that a lot of these teams already have, 21, 23, 25, 26 dudes already. So it gives us a little bit more breathing room, I think. So it might end up being a saving grace. And we're going to cover a lot more recruiting tomorrow. Again, tomorrow's Saturday. We don't have a game. We're going to do a lot of uh, in-depth type of recruiting stuff. Um, and we're going to take um, some deep dive looks at some of the potential possibilities, right? And here we are segueing into baseball. I know everybody's happy, right? But... It also hurts your heart to see Matt Holiday, you know, go take the job at St. Louis Cardinals. It's a big deal for him. So hats off. Congratulations. You, got, you know, Jackson got to go number one overall. Ethan's rated number one or number two overall in the class of 2025. He's a big shortstop. And, uh, yeah, it just, it's good for him. And if it's good for him, it's good for the O State family, right? But we did have a little guest recently. Everybody knows somebody by the name of Cody Bellinger. He was uh, in Stillwater recently taking a little fun rounds of BP with the Holiday Brothers. So that's pretty cool, right? That's got to be cool for the players to see. They get to see Matt Holiday every day. It is a very big deal. But again, they get to see Matt Holiday every day. To be able to see people like that come through Stillwater just to have fun, just to do some hitting, it's pretty cool. It's got to be cool for those kids. And speaking of baseball, we had four players that have recently been selected as potential preseason All-Americans. Two freshman All-Americans, one of them being from Long Beach, and the other one being, obviously, Oklahoma State's own Rock Reggio. The one that we're kind of going to talk about would be somebody who comes in ranked number 22 in all of baseball for this coming up draft, and that's the Long Beach transfer, Jerron Watts-Brown. And something that's cool about him is he's into the analytical side of pitching, 
and the metric side of pitching. Obviously, mechanics and being sound and placing the ball exactly where you want it plays a big, big factor. But he likes the analytical side of things. So and and so instead of just focusing on getting a good inside rise out of his four seam, uh, getting a good outside sweep on his two seam, he's learning how to work both of them to both sides of the plate right now and finding those exact pinpointed spots that he's trying to hit. So if he can kind of dial that in, it's going to be massive. There's a reason that he's ranked that high, and we're going to see a lot of good things out of him. Of course, Nolan McClain comes back. The very, very, very first pick in the third round to the Orioles, so he would have joined Jackson Holiday. He decided that that just he's better than a third rounder, even if it's the first pick in the third round. Nolan McClain knows with what he can do on both sides of the ball, and with people like uh, Otani opening up that window more and more and more, he knows he can do more. So he's coming back to do more. And then Marcus Brown, who had a massive summer in the Cape League, you know, he strikes up in there as well. And to speak of Jerron Watts Brown, one thing I found very interesting. So, I mean, he holds his uh, four seam, just normal, right? Normal four seam. And then he holds his two seam, fairly standard as well. He does like to run his. Uh, index finger a little further in. I don't know if y'all can see that. I'm doing that terrible. There we go. Um, and then the biggest thing is slider, same as two seam. He gets a little bit deeper off of the runway into the horseshoe and, and scoots this index finger all the way over. But the biggest thing I thought was really cool is then he slides way down on this horseshoe and he pinches the other side to throw his curveball. This is his curveball hold. Like, that is awesome. That is epic. I, you know, I'm excited to see what he does in Stillwater. And, you know, he was asked in an interview, who is somebody on Stillwater's campus that, you know, he has to pitch to that he knows every time they step up the plate, it's like, oh, goodness me, here comes this one again. It's Rock Reggio. So a lot of these players had really, really, really big um, off-seasons. And baseball, again, it's kind of unique that they get to do a little bit of this pseudo semi-pro type of thing in the summer against a lot of all the other big-time D1 college baseball players, UCO players all over the country. And so we get to be a little bit more excited, do we not? And, of course, we brought some more Okies in. And, of course, we've got a big-time recruit like Aiden Miola coming back who played quite a bit last year as a freshman, Carson Binge. Another Oki from UConn, redshirt first from now. He's back, and he suffered a big injury that took him out for the entirety of the year. Freshman, big time himself, Zach Earhart. He's also back at it. He's going to be roaming the, the outfield. we got Jackson Kroll. Speaking of roaming the outfield, the NFL Oki from Bixby. And, of course, you know, everybody knows about Rock, right? But Ian Doherty, he had a very, very, very big Cape League very big uh, offseason, and he's a catcher from Kingfisher, Oklahoma, and uh, you know McLean, he's going to do what he does. Braden Root, he had some times last year where he really showed up. He had some times, obviously, where he struggled a little bit as well. Uh, Marcus Brown, again, you know, it's somebody he's kind of underrated uh, because he's just a hair under six foot. He's almost 190 pounds. Makes him a pretty decent-sized infielder, right? So he gets a little bit, I think, of a bad rap but not obviously that bad. But I think that he's a little bit better than he's even getting credit for. And from the pitching side of things, you know, we, we try to bring in some help, 
right? Uh, we're getting uh, Brendan Phillips from Owasso. He's going to be a big-time get. we got David Minden back again, uh, the Canadian Roman over there at first base. Chase Atkins, uh, he's coming back again for another go-round at his uh, catcher spot. Another uh, – Guy we brought in to, to shore up some of that pitching is going to be Brent Hogue. We saw him a, a little bit. Luke Hernandez, we hope, is going to be somebody that can help coming out of Georgia. Georgia always produces. Riley Taylor, he's a pretty good-sized kid. He's going to be able to help in the pitching department as well. It just, uh, I think that maybe, maybe we're going to be okay. Yes, we did have quite a few transfer out. But, you know, the, the kids like Jerron. When Watts Brown decided that he was coming to Oklahoma State, it was because of the staff. It was because of the, the continuity and the ability to, to hone in, again, on that metrical, statistical, analytical side of the pitching. And I really think that he could be somebody that's a catalyst alongside an old McLean, of course, the Rock Regio. It's good to see Marcus Brown getting the recognition he deserves. We had a lot of others step up massive in Cape, so I think you're going to see that shine through. It could be another time to get excited for Oklahoma State baseball. And, you know, J.C. Hoy, we got to show up and show out as they take on North Texas tomorrow. They've had some time after playing a very good tournament. They beat an undefeated Florida State. They worked very hard and, and took care of a pretty good and scrappy Harvard squad. They dropped a heartbreaker to Purdue, who's uh, who's undefeated. So they're going to be just fine. And North Texas is a pretty good, you know, game to get some things situated, but still have enough level of competition that if you catch yourself slipping too much, they're going to jump up and bite you. So we do have a lot of really good things going on, uh, not only around campus, but basketball that looked good let's show up jc hoyt she's leading the charge in women's basketball and that's something to get excited about again baseball softball obviously something to be massively excited about so it's still good time to be a cowboy can't wait to discuss some of the bowl game scenarios and again the importance of what we have going on tomorrow in recruiting and i want to thank everybody that had the opportunity to catch the show yesterday with Oklahoma State legend, former Denver Bronco, former Detroit Lion, Tatum Bell. I had a blast. If you couldn't tell, I looked like a kid in a daggone candy store. But I really like some of the things that that he had to say, right, to, to give us a different perspective of the come up of Oklahoma State. I had a lot of fun with it. The interaction has been amazing as well. So I appreciate all of you. Thank you for making this, once again, your first dose of Oklahoma State info here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You can find me at Twitter, All Day O State, uh, on Facebook as well, O State All Day, same in reverse. I really, really appreciate all the love. I really appreciate the growth of, of how everything's going. And we've got some uh, current players coming on next week, as well as some other big announcements on more people coming on the show. I can't wait to do that. But until then, I love you all. God bless. As always, go Pokes. And we'll do this again tomorrow as we jump into some Cruton news. It'll be good. All right, y'all.
Laters.